Welcome to the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton. Welcome to 2021. Joining me today is my lovely wife, Miss Fiona Farron. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We are. We're currently sitting outside, uh, and so you're, you're probably going to hear some birds through this interview. It's a peaceful. It's a peaceful podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel like that's <laughs> every what, podcast should be outdoors. Huh? Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll rename the Man Talks podcast <laughs> to the Peaceful Podcast at some point. Okay, so welcome to 2021. Uh, we are going to do a few things on the show. We're we're just going to share some uh, updates on our end. Uh, one of which is becoming parents. We're going to be becoming parents as of end of March. Uh, so we're going to talk about that transition. We're going to talk about. Uh, transitioning in this world that we're living in and how to uh, deepen and cultivate some intimacy in isolation and times of isolation. Because I think one of the things that I've really noticed in the last several months is people struggling to maintain connections and people struggling to maintain a sense of intimacy and closeness with the people that they love. And you're an expert in love and connections and intimacy and relationships. And so I want to, I want to talk about that. But first, let's talk about a little bit, uh, selfishly, because we don't often do this, but let's talk a little bit about what it's been like for us in the last several months to navigate this transition of moving out of Manhattan and not, and not being, uh, able to, do our business and, and our lives in the normal way. What's what's it been like for you to navigate through some of the chaos of COVID and lockdowns and all of the chains and transition? Because you've you've gone through a lot. I've gone through a lot of transition in the last several months. Um, not that it feels like it's coming to a, a close by any means. <laughs> no, nope, just more different. Yeah, but how have you navigated that, and what feels different about? these times of transition? Yeah, it's been, I mean, I think parts of it have been really hard. If you had listened to our last, the last podcast we did together, we talked a lot about transition as well and leaving New York City. And at the time, I think we were planning on driving cross country. And and we did. And we did. Um, And we spent some time in Idaho and then drove back and when we drove back, we didn't have a place to go. We'd been looking for a home for for a long time, for many, many, many months. And um, whether it's surprising or not, I think it was challenging for us to find something that that suited our our needs and and our wants. And well, we we were looking for a place to bring bring a child, the child yeah. into. So we were looking for a home that felt yes. like ours. Yeah, just a, a temporary home. Um, finding a place in Manhattan was the easiest thing to do. Um, <laughs> that was a no-go for me. That was a no-go for Connor. I did not want to be in Manhattan during the pandemic or the lockdown anymore. <laughs> or ever. Or ever. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, so I think navigating some of those differences too, because I think for you, it was hard for you to understand why I would be interested in being in the city. Well, let's let, let's pause on that and actually go a little bit more deeper into that because I think that's an interesting conundrum that a lot of couples face, which is how do you make decisions and choices as 
it, as a relationship, as a couple, when two people have such differing points of view, right? Because like you wanted to be in New York, you would have roughed it out in Manhattan, I think. I given, totally would have. Given the option. <laughs> and I was like, absolutely not. That is not the... That's not the life that I'm interested in. And it's not the it's certainly not where I want to be during a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like every good horror movie, <laughs> every good like zombie movie uh, starts. It's so dramatic. <laughs> starts starts in Manhattan where people are just stuck in a freaking oh city. Oh my gosh. But how do you, because I feel like we, for the most part, I feel like we navigated the last nine months fairly well considering that we had differing opinions of what we yeah. should do. So what do you think made it possible for us to maneuver through that? And and what would you say great relationships do when there's mm. conflict between the direction that the relationship is going in? Well, I mean, you were very clear that it was a no-go for you. Right? Was it like, non-negotiable, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think you had a big, you had a pretty strong boundary around it. And, you know, for me living in New York City, um, I, I came back east in 2009 after grad school and started working in the city then. Um, and from, from that point on, I think I had a vision um, and storyline of what my life was going to look like and be. Um, and there was a lot of identification with that mm. Um and so even though you and I have talked about moving west and, you know, re for, for you returning to Vancouver at, at some point, it was still, I think, like far enough away for me to not like truly have to feel into what that shift and change would be just yet. Um, like I think we, we had a few more years in us and especially because we had sort of opened the practice, the, the new office with a five-year lease. Um, and and so, yeah, I think for me, my story was that we'd have a few more years in the city. This and, is before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and listen, I mean, I think that even through the pandemic, it's like we cling, we cling to the stories that we know. And we, I was, I was certainly clinging to the vision of the life that I had designed for myself which I think is an, an important distinction, right? Because it was a it was a design for the individual. That you know, the sort of the visioning and the the dreaming and the co creating is not something like it's really hard. I think for couples when you have such a strong individual path or vision um, or idea of what's going to happen. And then you bring another individual who maybe also has a clear or strong sort of individual path and this navigation of two individuals coming together and co-creating a story that actually works for both is sometimes more challenging and confronting than, than we want it to be. Like, you know, we want it to, we want to say, Oh, love is, love is all that it takes. And, you know, one love, person will just lead it. And love's enough. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, like we have lots of goals and some of those goals are relational and many of those are also individual. And I think it's easy to get into a place where it's like, if you make me do this, you're getting in the way of me actualizing my dreams. Did you find that that 
came up for you this year? Because like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was pretty direct and like I was pretty assertive about you coming out to the West Coast. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think like bef- I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I knew that the borders were going to close. Yeah. And I was pretty direct with like, you need to come out to BC and yeah, we're going to ride this out here for the time being to see what happens. Um, At the time, I didn't think it would be as long as it was yeah, probably. I don't, I don't think many and people And I came didn't. with a carry-on yeah. <laughs> for five months. Um, oh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have many. You you learn how, how little you really need. But yeah, I mean, I, I think... Yes, there were times where I was like, oh, like, why can't you just like be more like me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, like, why, why can't you just describe that, though? Like, what is like me? Are you like what part of that? Like that you would be fine being in New York City or that you could Uh dream and like have this vision of our lives there yeah because you're you're you had a leaning or a tendency towards the sacrifice and like the extreme hustle yeah like you had a vision in place you had a dream and you'd been working towards it and i think that the challenge was is that at the beginning of the pandemic your office was supposed to like i mean we were supposed to be opening this office on april 1st right and and so i think there was like a holding on to that thing and so you sort of had a very like tight grip around like, no, this is supposed to be happening for me. Yeah. And I was pulling us in a different direction because I was like, that's, I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of figured that it was going to be a, a minimum six to 12 months of what we were in. Right. And so I was kind of like pulling us in a different direction. And I think it was challenging for you because in many, in many ways, I think when it comes to your business, there's a tendency to like, I mean, you've always had it on your own, Mm -hmm. you know, like you've always just navigated that and managed that on your own. And so to have a partner sort of like stepping in and saying like, no, we're going to move in this direction Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to move in this direction and and this is what it's going to look like for your business, I think was also confronting. And so like, what was that experience like? Because I think for a lot of couples, people go through that, right? Where it's just like one person is so used to doing things one way and then to have a partner step in and say like we're going to move in this direction we're going to move to the city we're going to you know spend the next six months here we're going to you know like put that on pause it can be very confronting for that independent partner yeah i mean i i have always made i should say most of my decisions have been made solely by me and i don't outsource a lot meaning i don't ask other people's opinions. Um, yeah, I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I probably think that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Let's hear the honesty. <laughs> I probably think that, like, I I know what's best for me. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yes, to be in a position where I was maybe unwillingly sort of listening to or like your direction was trying to come in and I was trying to resist it. Yeah. Uh, Cause you, you wanted to stay and rough it out in yeah. Manhattan. And I was like, absolutely not. It's interesting. Right. Cause I think that that's a mentality I've always had is like rough it out. Yeah. Like that's, that's strength. That's grit. That's mm. why, survival. That's why is that? Like, where does that come from? Cause I think a lot of people relate to that. Right. It's like, there's, there's a very like, 
Americana narrative of like, in order to be successful, you need bust your ass. And I think for you, like you, you did, you know, like you really had to for a long time Mm -hmm. and like you paid your dues, you worked two jobs and you, I mean, you like Mm -hmm. really, you did a lot to make your career happen. I didn't just work two jobs. I mean, I think from the get go, I worked like six jobs, right? Um, you know, give a little, give a girl some okay, validation. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you were like, I mean, you were going from New Jersey into the city yeah. and like, I mean, you did have to hustle. No, there was, there's definitely a narrative of like, you, you do need to work hard and you do need to earn it and you're not supposed to get it if it's easy. Uh, um, uh-huh. And yeah, I think that it, one, it's just a belief system. Two, I think that, you know, if we go back into family system stuff and being an only child and, um, you know, navigating life and, you know, surviving the divorce and, you know, all of those pieces, mm. um, my parents' divorce. Yeah, there is like there is something about grit and like putting your head down and just like working hard and getting the results and the outcome that you want. And um, it's sort of like it's it's a it's like um, it's like the stage one and two mentality with success. You know, like there is a period of time I think where you have to, I mean, not have to, but most people have most people are going to be thrust into a position of like really needing to hustle and mm-hmm. um, and put in a tremendous amount of work. Like I know when I started my business, I was working at Apple. You know, working. 50, 60 hours a week while building my business on the side. Right. And that happened for a few years. And and so the, I do think that that's there. But what's interesting is that I think the pandemic and what, what transpired brought you face to face with that part of you that had still been sort of like running how you did business and and how you created success and how you like how you were navigating through entrepreneurship as a therapist. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, it changed so much, but I think you were offering a very different belief system and narrative of like it, we don't, you don't, meaning me, have to be in, gosh, what do I want to call it? Like, I think what you were offering is like ease and and maybe moving away from uh, tension, friction, um, roughing it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, no, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is funny. what I know. You yeah. know, this is what I know. This is what I do. And well, and so what? It, what? <clears throat> excuse me. Is what made you safe for such a long time? Is right. what provided safety and it's provided structure and it created a tremendous amount of success. Well, there's a lot of vulnerability, right, in shifting into what it is you were putting forward because then it means that I have to trust you. Ah, okay. Say more about that. Well, if it's just me, I know I've got it. Ah. So if you're guiding me to another place, right, and that place doesn't work out, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah, know who's yeah, coming yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. Can you can uh, you can you speak about that like as this sort of like you know modern woman because there's a there's like a paradoxical nature to that, right? Like the modern woman that is, you know, like has her career and well, you're talking marriage. Yeah. I mean you're talking about sort of this like 
this concept of being, you know, independent in some ways, right? And then also um, vulnerably uh, coming forward and creating space to be supported, led, um, contributed to, contributed to, yeah, by by someone else. Yeah, it's like really like really surrendering to trusting, yeah, somebody else's not like direction. Maybe not is the right word, but but yeah, I mean the direction in life, or direction vi- for the vision. relationship. Yeah, the vision for yeah. the relationship. I think yeah. is another, another good way of putting it. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a lot of vulnerability there, and even though I would say that I am like sort of traditionally vulnerable in, in terms of like being intimate with myself and intimate with you and, you know, going inwards and being able to tell you anything um, and, and hear anything from you, right? I think there's another version of vulnerability that also says like, at least for me, this person who has been living on this earth in a way that it has been very independent and has created safety mechanisms through that independence and individual thinking. I was like moving into a space to, to allow your vision to, to lead and to trust that. Yeah. Like drops a lot of the, the walls. What would you attribute? Well, you know, I think there's two parts to my question. One is what was that experience like for you? Like what was the barriers and the obstacles and then second, how did I show up in a way that allowed you to move into that? Because I think, you know, we we work with a lot of couples where this conundrum comes up, right? This, like, maybe one partner hasn't done the work to, like, really have a clear vision or direction for the relationship. Uh, and the other partners wanting to, to do that. And it's very challenging for yeah. for that that sort of like shift to happen. So, yeah, I, the shift probably wouldn't have happened years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't have trusted you enough okay. for it to have happened years ago. Yeah, so time. Um, but, but come- well, but it's not it's not just time on its own, right? It's it's I've watched you develop into a clearer, more integrated trustworthy mm. individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't trustworthy when we started dating. <laughs> not, um, there's like a, there's distinction in that, uh-huh. right? Like, uh-huh. you know, the way that we use language, right? Is like you are trustworthy in many, many ways. Uh-huh. But I, I don't think that I trusted you to lead. Mm me. <laughs> uh, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Why is that? What was the, like, what was on your side and what was on my side? Because I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I could, your insecurities were not placed yet fully. Yeah. I was still trying to prove myself in, in many ways. Yeah. Not, not really to you, but more so like I was still the trying world. to prove myself. I was still in that sort of like immature, masculine, like Build, prove, create. Yeah, like sh- like have this external, mm-hmm. uh, like perspective of yeah. my own success. And I was I was in that proving space. When yeah, we you're, the proving was really like um, I'm doing this and I'm building oh, this. And it was I'm... really gross to uh-huh. me. Oh wow, um. that's a, that's a strong word. <laughs> We're getting real today. Okay, We're getting real. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on the hot seat. Vienna's yeah. in therapy today with her husband. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, but it's it's true, right? I think like that was probably one of the biggest ones was was just feeling and seeing your insecurities, you know, on display in such a way that it was like, no, there's no way I'm going to yeah. let you make decisions for me or mm-hmm. us. And again, within like obviously you were able to make lots of decisions for us and certain areas of life but yeah. and, um, and I think I, I think I knew that as well yes. like there was a there was a maturity that I knew on some level mm-hmm. that I hadn't found within myself yeah and even though I disliked that I think coming into contact from you coming in, into contact with that for me uh-huh. just I feel like for any man it's very hard to admit like ooh like mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I'm still kind of immature in this way. And I understand why you don't fully want to, like, trust the direction that I want to take our relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know what I mean by gross, though? I didn't mean that as an insult. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you elaborate on that? I think it's like... It just the ickiness of I can't trust you, you know, like uh-huh. that's what I mean by it was gross. It feels threatening. Yeah. Uh huh. And what? It, in well, what it's way? not safe. Okay. Yeah. There's no security there, and it's where the defenses, like where the walls do need to go up, as the other as the other person in the system. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I have to be in protection mode. Right. For myself. Right. That's what feels like ugh. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. And then I think you asked what was my stuff versus your stuff, right? I think uh-huh. yours was was that. And then I think mine was just... I'm glad that we love with mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine was historically just not really trusting people. And I think, again, sort of moving back into... Like, I, I, have, to, I have it myself and that narrative. Yeah. Well, you, you had, I mean, your life was like a, a, a large sort of experience of constantly having to just trust yourself and build things yourself and not rely on other people. And then, you know, and I came, you know, I think, I think that's, you were looking for that from me, but also simultaneously not knowing how to, how to like surrender into it, how to, Mm -hmm. how to trust it actually, you know, to, to have my vision or direction. And I hadn't proven that yet. I think Mm -hmm. that's a very important distinction that I, at the time, I didn't quite see like in the first part of our relationship. I think there was a part of me that was like, that implicitly, that really believed like, because you love me, you should trust my direction. Oh yeah. And, and I think (laughs) that was, that was the immature part for me as, as a man, where it's just like, you know, I, I think I got to a point where where I was having a conversation with my, one of my mentors and I remember him saying, like, why should she trust you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, do you, is, is there really a track record there? Or are you sort of trying to force that trust? Mm-hmm. And I think I, I had been. I think when I started to like let go of that and just move in my own lane and my own direction with the relationship, of course, not not yeah. completely separate from it that's when it seemed to get a little bit easier. But what was it like for you this year? Because there was such a tremendous amount of transition that came up. And I was, you know, I was pretty like, uh, what I'm hearing you say is that the time and the effort and the energy had gone into where you could trust my direction and and my vision and my knowing of like, no, like we we definitely need to do this. But what what was that like? I mean, I I think certainly the pandemic... um, 
was a huge piece to it. And also just the action, right, of of you did leave a lot of things and they were okay. Hmm. And I could feel your confidence and your certainty and stability in things. So that that was major. Mm-hmm. And I and I would also say, you know, this is more recent, but in getting in getting pregnant, um I think there's been a <laughs> almost like a forced surrender in some ways where this would probably be the first time in my life where I would say that it's not something that I know that I have. And what do you what do you mean by that? It's not something that you know that you have. Yeah, like I know that I can handle anything. Mm. Um and I trust myself deeply. Um <laughs> and with having a child, I think there's a part that is like, meh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know that I've got this. You know, I don't know that I, yeah, like I, this is not something that I can do on my own. Uh And that's, that's a very, to, to explicitly state that, right. Um, is a very vulnerable thing for me to acknowledge. And then on top of it, right. To ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, and let me be really clear. There's never been an expectation that I was going to, to do this on my own. Like, I know that you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So for anybody who's listening, like it, it's more just my own individual mentality around it of like, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And being like, huh, I don't know. <laughs> like with this, you know, like I'm not sure. What if I don't have it? Well, I think it's, I think what's interesting is that what, what I hear you saying and the message that's, that feels very important is, that we sort of like swing the pendulum in terms of responsibility and self-reliance. And I think for some people like you that are very, like I've always seen you to be somebody that's very responsible. Mm -hmm. You're very self-reliant, very self-regulated. And so because of that, the, the shift into center is to have to surrender into reliance on to someone else, into reliance on a partner, right. which is a very, I mean, it's like a trust fall. And community. And, and community yeah. and like, yeah, and sisterhood and all those things that have right. come along. And then for other people, like for me, I mean, I grew up just like rejecting having people rely on me. You know, like it was just nobody relied on me for anything. I liked it that way. And I didn't want anybody to rely on me for anything. And so there was like, so I I lacked that kind of responsibility. Um, I lacked that kind of self-reliance. And so I I moved in the other direction where I became more self-reliant. I trusted myself at a deeper level. I became more self-responsible within my own rituals and routines and within my own business and within my friend, friend circle. And I think all of those things just helped to to sort of shift a little bit within so that when the pandemic came up and some of these decisions came up, there was that ground that the relationship had to stand on where Mm. you could, where you could surrender a little bit, you know, where you could sort of say, okay, you've like, I trust you to have this and I trust your decision in this, in this Mm. place. Yeah. I mean, it was still, it's still very hard. Uh Um, Why? You know, it's a, it's a work in progress. 
Why is it still very hard? I mean, decades of doing it differently. <laughs> okay, fair. You know, right? Like I think it's um, when you're moving in a different way, you're still just, look, you know, checking, uh-huh. checking your surroundings. And um, I think we often un- underestimate how stubborn we are as human beings. Yeah. Like how stubborn are... I don't e- underestimate how stubborn you are. <laughs> I don't underestimate how stubborn you are either. We, I mean, we are probably we are two of the most stubborn... stubborn. Hearts. Yeah, we are. That was, by the way, for anybody that's listening, I read at our at our wedding, I read a poem that I wrote called Two Stubborn Hearts. <laughs> and it was about how we are just the two most stubborn hearts. But we love each other. Uh, and it works so, so well. So, okay. So let's bring this, let's bring this back into couples making choices and Mm. decisions as a unit, but through these obstacles, because I think this is a very common dynamic where one person is so self-reliant and it's hard for them to trust the partner and the other person maybe like lacks some responsibility and some Mm self-reliance, but they want that trust. So like, how how do couples i mean hopefully they've hopefully people listening have gleaned something from what we've already shared but what would you say to the couple that's listening to this where mm. uh you know maybe they're struggling to make basic decisions or bigger life decisions well i do think it requires honesty and it's i mean it was not fun for me to say to you i don't trust you mm. or you know like that's not a yeah, like I, I didn't love that. Um, and you were great at not being defensive. Like, what do you, you know, like, I think when we hear that word, it's like, but I'm not cheating on you or mm-hmm. I'm not, do, you know, like, and I'm a good man or I'm a good this. Or and, I'm I, a, and I had been untrustworthy in most of my relationships. Right. <laughs> which, which, yes. And, and so to hear it coming from a different angle, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah, you, right. You were not, you didn't have a good you had no track record for uh, for trustworthiness uh, for for a long time, um, and and then to hear from to have changed that part of your life, and to then still hear that you were not mm. trustworthy, right? I think that was very confronting um, because you had done so much work to to live in integrity. This was a different fabric of trust, mm. right? We were talking about something different than the way in which you related to that word previously. How you create that distinction? Like, is it just the like the fabric of trust in being monogamous and faithful and like fidelity versus the trust of of what? Like, how would you label that? That like second I layer? I trusted you to do the things that you said you were going to do. I trusted you not to cheat. I trusted you. Yeah, I trusted you in a lot of areas. I mean, I think that you were um, generally an honest person um, at that point, you know, in our relationship at least. Um, And so, yeah, what, what I was talking about was trusting you to be secure enough with yourself in order to lead the system. Mm. And I also want to be clear that we've ne- I was never looking to you to lead our system 100% of the time. Yeah. Right? We take we take 
we go back and forth with that. I lead us in certain ways and you lead us in certain ways. But I think it was like trusting you to know the parts of yourself well enough, right? And to know the parts that were still insecure or that were still unintegrated um, because those were the parts that were trying to come forward and were trying to position for trust. Like, listen to me or follow my lead or why can't you just? And it was like, well, well, no, I, I can't because it's not there yet, mm. um, which I am sure was maddening at times for you. But I so maddening. Going back to your question, though, I I do think it requires honesty. Hey, can I just pause there? Yeah, because I think it's important. It was maddening for me, and it was maddening because <laughs> for for a while the narrative was like, "Well, this is you. Like you actually just won't." You just won't surrender. This, oh. like, from me to you, like oh. that—that was my. You just, yeah, that Vienna was just, won't. Yeah, Vienna mm-hmm. won't. Like, like you just will not soften. You won't surrender. You won't like let me. Mm-hmm. And and I think again, like I caught myself <laughs> in that trap a few times where I was like, I could hear myself saying it, and I was like, man, that sounds so whiny. Yeah. You know, like it sounds so immature of me to even be saying that. And it it really like caused me to stop and reflect and be like, okay, like I respect you, I trust you, and I don't think, and I think that this is where like we have a mutual, a deep mutual respect of one another where we can hear through mm-hmm. some of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like where we can, when these things come up, we can, you know, oh, yeah. resort you, you back to that respect. You were certainly frustrated by you know, that feedback for a long time. And, yeah. you know, and I do the, think that's, I do think that there was a quality of that where like you were scared and fearful in some ways. Certainly of, like you, but, but you needed to get to a point where I could, uh-huh. like the softening doesn't come first. You yeah. know, surrender <laughs> doesn't come first. As yeah. much, right? like, I that's, feel like that's the masculine challenge though, within, mm. within us is like, I do, I do think that for some men, in some situations, it is very challenging because the the masculine, I think within me, at least at times, was like looking for you to surrender mm-hmm. almost as a sign that I had yeah. that I had entered into like this seat of stability and right. presence. Right. But like safety must precede surrender. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always. That's that's where I mean, that's where that that part is so crucial. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that that's a such a marker, right, is like, you know, you're looking for what you're just describing, like looking for, oh, once she surrenders, then I will have now know that stability. Like there's a truth to that. But you were just trying to bypass yeah, there it, was, right? there was some... Like, why can't you just, yeah. as opposed to what is it that I actually have to do mm-hmm. to integrate this so that the the safety and security is real? Yeah. You know, not just words, right? Like, well, I think it's it, deeply felt. I do think it was challenging because when we met, like, you were so established and you were so mature that it it was confronting to me because, like, I mean, in my circle and, like, in my past relationships, like I was the like, how do I want to say it? Like I was established and I had the appearance Mm. of all the like grounded centered success. But I think when we met one another, it tested that part of me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, there's a, there's a different kind of depth Mm. to maturity and groundedness and stability and presence 
within my masculine that I actually haven't, that, that I could feel like being with you was calling me into, mm. was like require, what was requiring of me. Mm. And I think for you, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to make an assumption, but it seemed like there was a part of me that you, that you saw, we were like, oh, I can actually let go. I can actually surrender. I can actually soften. I, mm. I can trust you to hold that space for me to actually mm-hmm. let go in a way that I haven't been able to in past relationships. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But that doesn't mean it was easy. No, I knew that it was available. <laughs> yeah, it was available. It was available even though it wasn't always present or integrated. Yeah, like I think... I knew that we had the capacity to to be there. Like I've, I've heard people talk about like the frame of the relationship and like... Mm-hmm two people holding the frame of the relationship and like, you know, it being guided in a certain direction. And I think that it's just, it takes time and effort for a couple to learn how to guide that frame of the relationship together, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in a, like in a powerful way. Yeah. But, okay. So maybe just to close this up. Well, you asked Mm -hmm. how, other people yep. might be able to reflect on some of this. And I do think that it requires the honesty and the willingness to give that feedback in as, you know, in as direct and loving and kind and compassionate of a way that that one can. You know, it, it, it's hard sometimes to give this feedback, um, to, to present it and to receive it. And yet the honesty around it it was what opens up those conversations and the explorations of yeah like what is it that we really need to look at here to to see if there is a different way for us to build into this this need for the type of trust that you and I are talking about mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. so that we can both sort of lead and go you know and surrender and all right like all of those pieces that we're both doing with each other without you know, as much hesitation or without as much protection. And it requires us to know why we do protect, you know, that requires us to understand our trauma, our wounding, our pain sources, and you know, where we go as individuals to to protect what safety and security actually looks like and feels like sort of outside of our bodies, inside of our bodies. Um, yeah, because I, I think for, like, I think for me... I was protecting in the sense that like, if I, I set up most relationships where my partner could rely on me for a lot of things, but not for some important things. Mm-hmm. And I did that so that I couldn't fail. Like, so I never, I never really, it's like, if you can't rely on me, if, if, if you never have to rely on me for these things, then mm-hmm. I can't feel like I've failed as a man or as a partner. Mm-hmm. And in our relationship, I was like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, like I don't, I don't yeah. want to, to withhold in that way. And there was a, a different quality, I think, of leadership that I was, cert- like that I wanted to embrace and embody, mm-hmm. and that felt important, but also confronting. Yeah. So okay, well, I think that. Did you want to add anything else to the end of that? I feel like that's pretty good. Like, so when when couples are looking to make these decisions, they're you know they're conversations that need to be had with grace and compassion because they're, they're, they're challenging and confronting. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, we had multiple conversations, you know, it's not just like, oh my gosh. it's not just like a one and done no. conversation, right? It's like, this is, 
this is a conversation that I think it went we, over long periods yeah. of time. And we, and I think we brought it to like close, like our really close inner circle. Um, you know, I think we had these discussions with like our trusted. I think, yeah. I mean, it's ongoing too, yeah. you know, I mean, I think as we continue to make big decisions, right? Like these parts oftentimes will still show up. I, I think the only thing I'd add, um, is, is that there's value in us exploring the origin stories around this too, and looking at how the adults in your life, um, parents, caretakers, you know, whomever you identify as, you know, the, maybe like the leader of, of something, you know, at some point when you were a, a tiny human, you know, how, how did, how did those people make decisions? How did those people, mm. uh, demonstrate trust, leadership, safety, security? What would happen when a decision was made? You know, what, what were the outcomes or the consequences or, um, the relief, you know, and, and, were you able to trust another individual as a little human to make good decisions for you and to see you and understand you and, um, recognize your needs? Uh, so, so to me, that's another part. Like if you really want to exp- really do a deep dive and begin to explore because those all pr- begin to program in some of those, yeah, some of those origin stories of like, oh, you know, could the adults lead me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, could could I actually trust someone else who is supposed to be able to do X, Y, and Z to to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah, I'm I'm curious for you, like as the person that was in the the position, the sort of like seat of having to surrender in a way and to trust a little bit more deeply. What did that require of you? Like, what did that require of you to, to let go of? Cause I think for a lot of, for a lot of very like, I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but I hear this all the time on my, on my page where, um, you know, like a woman will get into a relationship with a man and, and she's wanting to trust him. She's wanting to sort of like, I don't know, soften a little bit more, I guess is the term, mm-hmm. but it's very confronting and challenging. And so like, what did you have to face within yourself? Because I can kind of hear some of the female listeners of the show being like, okay, but like, how do I do, how do I do that? Like my partner has their responsibility in this dance and like, how do I do that? What's my responsibility in this dance? Um, well, one thing I want to say is that my, I trust myself and, and I'm a big believer that if we can, if we can trust ourselves, then our ability to discern whether or not we can trust another is really clear. Mm. So I do think a reclamation of trusting the self is vital. And yeah, I mean, that can take a lot of work. Um, it really can to like trust your intuition, to trust what it is that you feel like to, to stick with that, to not override it or, you know, confuse yourself. So I do think my ability to to trust myself is um yeah is a is a huge part of it it's a great question i mean i i really think so much of it comes back to to that because even choosing to surrender you don't really know what the outcome is going to be right like 
I don't actually know. And so there's something in that too, where you're saying that's okay. Like it's okay. Even if this doesn't work out almost, um, do you know what I'm saying? And, but I think that there, it, there's, there's such a sense of team between us. And that was something that I think has been cultivated through these conversations and like knowing that you trust yourself too quite a bit. So I, I feel like I'm not really answering your question, but, um, well, I think it's, I think it's required you in some ways to meet a different quality of vulnerability. Yeah. That's what you I was know? saying before. It's yeah. like that, the vulnerability of like having somebody else influence the decision to such a degree where it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, yeah, well, because I've there's a part even in the independence, right? There's a part that's always wanted, like, uh, someone to take care of certain things, uh-huh. and yeah, like to rest, you know, to not need to make every decision for myself or to have everything, you know. It's like I have it, but there were a couple of times where I'd be like, I just want to like not have to worry about anything and have everything just taken care of. (laughs) So I don't have to think about anything. And I was like, well, then you should let me make some of these decisions for us. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you have to be trustworthy before you can do that. But yeah, I mean, I think like, you're right. It's a different type of vulnerability. Like we can go inwards all day, every day. But there is a difference in saying like, I want to be, I actually do want to be led sometimes. And I, and I want you to sometimes just have it where I don't have to think about all the things that I have been thinking about my entire life. Yeah. feels important. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think discerning like where each of us are leading the relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that, that was the distinction. It's like, you know, I think there's a lot of talk and, um, you know, like the idea of like the masculine being the feminine on a line I mean, it's it's interesting to see people's reactions to it, but I do think that reframing it as like where are each where is each partner leading the relationship, not not even just leading the other person. Like I think you know I lead you in many ways, and and in some ways you lead me, and then separate to that, we both lead the relationship in certain ways. And I think that for the pandemic in 2020, it, it was really me leading the relationship into a space of like ease and safety and, and like shifting mm-hmm. because your mentality around like just grind it out, just, you know, like stay and hold and, and <laughs> cling on to like what we were doing. It just was like, you know, for me, it really wasn't functional and it was no longer generative. And I was like, no, no, this is like, okay, this is the time, you know, to sort of like make this switch a little bit. And, you know, I think it's, it's led us into a different type of ease within Mm -hmm. our relationship. And it's good timing because we've got a baby on the way. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe we'll just wrap up with how are you feeling about becoming a mom? I feel just a small question, just a, yeah. <laughs> such a small question. We'll end on this. Yeah, note. we'll end on this note, so which, which we will talk about more. And I'm sure yeah. people will have many questions for us as we go yeah. enter into parenthood. But I mean, overall, I feel I feel really good about it, and I feel excited and um, yeah, like ready, ready, which is such a weird thing to say. But there is, there's like a. I, I know that there's so much we don't know. 
And also I do feel a deep sense of, of readiness for whatever that is to meet, to meet all the parts of the self (laughs) that have, um, you know, that have not, that have not come, come forward yet. And to, and to shift into that, that, this, again, this new space of vulnerability and surrender. Um, yeah, that like this, this experience will, will make that happen. Um, but I feel good. I feel strong. Um, yeah. Yeah. Excited to meet this human. I know it's going to be wild. Just a little teacher. I know. You know, just a little Buddha nature. Uh popping out teaching us lessons with crying and pooping (laughs) (laughs) and many and many 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 more things well maybe next time we'll talk about parenthood and entering into parenthood but um yeah thanks for thanks for joining me and thanks for jamming on this and i feel like this was a really expansive conversation around making decisions and Mm. uh creating trust within a relationship really within a relationship and all these beautiful things. Yeah. I love how we have no idea where we're going to start and then it just goes. <laughs> it really, like, I think we really got into something important there because yeah. I feel like that's been such like a prominent aspect to our relationship totally. that, that has made it quite potent. And so I think it's important for people to hear that. So thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, please do listen to this with your partner, with future partner. Uh, maybe reflect on it on previous relationships. Send it to someone that's in a relationship that you think would... Uh, enjoy listening to this and until next week this is Connor Beaton signing off join me next week for another inspiring conversation with another inspiring individual Mm -hmm.